0: Welcome to Real Talk for Real Teachers. I'm Dr. Becky Bailey, the creator of Conscious Discipline, expert in education, child development, and a lifelong teacher and learner. For those listening who are not aware of Conscious Discipline, you need to come to this podcast. You need to get on the game now because we're a comprehensive program that helps adults regulate themselves enough to help children regulate themselves enough so that we all can reach a higher function, better relationships, and obtain our goals. Today, we're talking about setting healthy boundaries. We're going to talk about that in general. And then specifically, we've invited Jill Moley and her daughter, Meg, and they're going to talk about the boundary setting between mothers and daughter. So we've got uh, some excitement to look forward to. So what are boundaries? Boundaries are the physical emotional and mental limits we establish to protect ourselves from being manipulated or manipulating, being used or using others, and being violated by others or violating others. So they're a way that we have uh, express our values of respect and responsibility and the kind of line we draw in the sand there. They are the invisible force field that keeps us safe because they allow us to separate who we are and what we think and feel from the thoughts and feelings of others. Now, that sounded like maybe mumbo-jumbo to you, but let me just tell you how many people confuse their thoughts with someone else's. Or they should be thinking like I think. Or they say, oh, my gosh, you sure seem sad when it's you that is sad. So we can mess this up in many ways. A lack of healthy boundaries opens the door for others to determine our thoughts, our feelings, and needs. So we lose a sense of self. We lose who we are. Physical boundaries include your body, your personal space, your privacy. Violations would include such things as standing too close, inappropriate touching, even looking through your personal papers or getting hold of your phone and going through that. That's a, a physical boundary violation. Uh, I was just at CD2, and we had seven countries at CD2, each with a different rule set about how close one stands to each other. Uh, and there's, I must admit, some of those Latin countries stand a little closer to me than I feel comfortable. It's like they're right in my face talking, and I'm like, woohoo, you got to back up. You've messed with my physical boundary. Now, emotional boundaries involve separating your feelings from the feelings of others. Now, listen carefully. Violations include taking responsibility for another's feelings. Uh Uh-oh, I must have hurt your feelings. Letting another's feelings dictate your own. I was so disappointed you didn't go to the movie. Okay, I'll go to the movie. Sacrificing your own needs to please another blaming others for your problems, and accepting responsibility for theirs. Now, you might have to play that back about 10 times to figure out, oh, I do that, oh, I don't do that, oh, nope, I really do that, and hear it again. Strong boundaries keep your identity and self-esteem safe as you are confident in yourself and have the right to make your own choices without sacrifice, obligation, or Guilt removal or any other method of a workaround. Now, there's two types of boundaries there's the internal ones that regulate our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and then there's the external ones that guide us in how to relate to others. Now, this is important because our lessons about boundaries begin very early in our lives, first in our families and then in our peer groups. So remember, In Conscious Discipline, I've said this over and over again, our adult upset language becomes a child's internal self-regulatory voice or how their boundaries are set. So our upset language sets children's internal boundaries for the rest of their life until they choose to be conscious and make some changes. So ask yourself these questions. How well am I at standing up for myself, speaking up, being assertive? How well am I at verbalizing my feelings? How well am I at expressing my needs and wants? Oh, I don't care. Where do you want to eat? I don't care. Where do you want to eat? Oh, it doesn't matter to me. Anything's fine with me until you just want to scream. Somebody needs to make a decision. How well are you at asking for help? Ask yourself, are you better able to take responsibility for your own happiness or the happiness of others? Are you better able to take responsibility for your behavior, your choices, and your feelings? Or are you better at judging, fixing, rescuing others from their own behavior, choices, or feelings? Wow. This is some heavy stuff when you think about it. Parenting or teaching that tells children who they should be, what they should think, how they should feel creates unhealthy boundaries. Some happen as simple as you've heard a child go up to a parent and say, I'm cold, and the parent goes, no, you're not, or I'm hungry. No, you are not. You just ate. Or the child might say, I feel sad for my friends moving. Oh, come on now, you'll get over it. You'll make new friends in in a short time. Unhealthy boundaries are often characterized by a weak sense of our own identity and our own feelings of disempowerment in decision-making in your own life. So it's hard with weak boundaries to make decisions. And as you grow with weak boundaries, you end up thinking you're looking for a relationship so that they can make you happy they can make your decisions. The last thing I want you to hear, really, is an inability to set boundaries also stems from fear. Fear of abandonment or losing the relationship, fear of being judged, or fear of hurting others' feelings. Wow. Now, conscious discipline is all about changing adults' unhealthy boundaries to healthy ones in order to guide children. So that's what we're all about. We're all about creating physical, emotional, Psychological, mental, healthy boundaries. That's why we say you have to discipline the adult first, the child second. So let's see how that has worked out in the lives of Jill Moley. She's a master instructor in conscious discipline for 18 years. And her 19 year old daughter, you see, so she must have started with Meg when she was one year old. Daughter Meg Moley, who's a freshman in college. They're going to share their experience of each other's boundaries with us and give us an insight into a sacred space between mother and daughter. Welcome Jill and Meg to Real Talk for Real Teachers.
1: Hey, Becky. Um, Meg and I are here together. We are super excited to share with you a little bit about What we've learned from some of the mistakes that we've made along this journey together as mom and daughter and a whole lot about how to set healthy boundaries. I'm super excited to be here today um, talking to you a little bit about uh, how to set healthy boundaries and even more over the moon excited to share my beautiful daughter with you and learn from some of the brilliance that she has to share when I was thinking about this topic, um, one of the things that came up for me is as I watch uh, Meg, this is my daughter, Meg Moley, as I watch Meg, I notice that she has a skill that I don't really possess myself. And typically, um, as I go out and coach families um, for the last you know 15 or 18 years, uh, what we usually say is what you see in your parents Then becomes what you see in your kids. And one of the things that I know is something that I have struggled with as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, and certainly now um, a little more older adult, is setting healthy boundaries. And so I am certainly a person who overextends myself, overbooks myself, um, and really has a hard time valuing taking care of my own self. So, I invited Meg um, here with me today to talk a little bit about um, some of the things that maybe have um, been different for her uh, along the way. And maybe, and we haven't talked about this really ahead of time, so I'm just being really honest with you. We're kind of just doing this really raw. Um, and so you're going to see maybe her go, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, mom, because um, we haven't really practiced or written any questions down. We're just going to kind of um, wing this and, and go through it as, um, as it comes to us. So one of the first things that I want to talk about just for me personally is that um, when it comes to setting boundaries around work. Um, that is where I certainly have always struggled the most. I, um, Meg explained to them what it was like, um, to grow up, what, what kind of, um, mom I was as far as how much I worked or how much I didn't work or those kinds of things. What would you do? How would you describe that?
2: Um, I would describe, well, the first thought that comes to my mind is, um, my phrase when I was young, uh. Texas, 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 um, because in my mind, it felt as if you were always in Texas, and um, so I thought, you know, Texas, people would ask, where's your mom this week, Texas? Where's your mom this week, Texas? It was just a, um, a thing that I always thought about, um, so I wouldn't say that you were gone all the time, but I would say it was um, a majority of the time away from home, um, doing your work stuff, which I thought was, um, at the time it was a little hard because, you know, I did want you here when I had, um, you know, plays and dance stuff, but I knew that, um, you're helping other people doing what you do, teaching teachers as I like to call it. Um, so I would say that um, while you were gone, um, the helpful part was when I got older, it seemed like it um, went down. Quite okay. A bit. So I think for me, it's it seemed like um, when I was younger, um, it seemed to be like you were gone more times, which it could be because there were, I always had like, you know, na- grandma and grandpa coming over to take me home from school. And so... There was more. Um, there were more ways that I could see that you were gone. As to when um, I got older, um, we had more ways to communicate,
1: and um, and so I didn't really feel as though. If that, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. So um, as you were somehow, um, even though you didn't actually see me being able to. Um, set those healthy boundaries um, and not work too much, uh, somehow you were able to, you know, not have that same um, struggle yourself. So one of the things that I often, when I look at you, um, is that the um, outside influences, like uh, what other friends are doing, or kind of uh, what the hip thing is to do hasn't always been such a strong pull. And so I, I just wonder what happens inside your head. Let me just give you a scenario. Um, Everybody's going out on this Friday night and, you know, you've had a long week with dance and, you know, whatever. And so instead of um, going, you stay home. So I'm just curious, like in your head, are you... What what does it sound like in your head when you decide I'm going to stay in, even though my best friend is going somewhere else?
2: Well, for me, um, it is. I've had to do it more um, as I've come to college um, with being firm and what, um, and so it is. It's hard. You know, it's been hard since I was little until now. It's still um, difficult to. Set those boundaries, but what I think about is um, kind of like myself in the future. Like, okay, well, next week when am, am, when I have so much homework, like considering my college days, when I have so much homework that I could have done and gotten ahead of early on this one Thursday night instead of going with my friends somewhere. Um, just thinking about the future and like how it would affect me if I were to go out is really what goes on in my head and how I am able to say, okay, this one time is not going to be the end of the world. If I don't miss it, um, if I get ahead, I'll be able to have and be more relaxed and have more fun, um, in the, in the upcoming days, um, as I
1: do more things and, um, so one of the things that I would say um, happens inside my head is um, when when I'm faced with that same scenario, mine's a little different. Mine is somebody wants me to come and work at their school. And so part of what happens in my head is I feel some sense of guilt and letting the people down. And so I'm curious, how do you handle in your head that you're, what do you say in your head that makes it so you're not, you're not worrying about taking care of somebody else's feelings? Like that's certainly something that I teach, but I really struggle with practicing.
2: Yeah. Well, for me, uh, an example, um, just happened this week yesterday. My friends were all going over to another girl's dorm that we didn't know, but that I didn't know. Um, and so it was going to be an opportunity to make new friends, find new people, but I also knew it's my friend's birthday this weekend, so I knew that it was going to be a weekend full of lots of activities, lots of things. So the homework that I was going to have do this week, this weekend, would um, be difficult. It would be difficult to get it done with all, through all these activities and things. And I knew that we would be seeing these girls again. And so they, you know, and so I, it was a really hard, decision. But I um, just kept saying, you'll see them again. It's not the end of the world. They'll be fine without you. Uh, they'll have fun, but you'll have fun when you're with them too. And it's, it will be, you'll have so much less stress when you are with them the next couple of days, because you won't be worrying about a paper you should have finished or studying that you should have done or, um, things like that. And it really helps me, um, also just to think that I don't need to be there. It's a, Mm. a want, I want to be there, but I don't need to be there. I, in a sense, I need to be here doing my homework, you know? And so I think that's really what
1: So if you think about, I I mean, so that's a pretty powerful statement. Um, Being able to differentiate in your own head the difference between, um, for me, those people will live, of course, if I'm not there to share that information. I want to go and and be as helpful as I can. But um, I, I really want at a higher level to take care of myself. So compare that for me with your, with other friends that are at other schools, not necessarily friends that are even just right there, but you stay connected to, you know, nowadays, it's so easy to stay connected, but so you mm-hmm. stay connected. And, and so think of a friend who does um, struggle a little bit with um, setting healthy boundaries. Um, what, what do you think goes on in their head and how is it different for them when they would be faced with the exact same situation that you just talked about?
2: Um I think one of the biggest um, traits that um, goes along with setting boundaries is um, confidence. So having a lot of confidence um, in yourself that they'll still be my friends, even if I don't go out this one time, or they'll they'll make memories, but we'll also make memories. That will be good with me too. Um, I think a lot of it is, confidence within your own skin so like for instance the friend you're talking about um who would want to go out instead of um staying in i think that a big part of that is um their fear of missing out they're so <laughs> their FOMO they're so afraid that they're going to miss something super exciting and never and it, they won't experience it so then it won't be the same and it's true, like they'll come back and tell stories about their fun night and I'll, and it won't be the same for me, but you have to have confidence and be able to enjoy that for them. I think it's a big also be able to say, oh, they had fun, I'm happy that they had fun and realize that you don't always have to be with um, your friends to have fun with them. You can have fun when they tell you a funny story about someone, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that would be.
1: Yeah. And I think um, here's what I think actually has happened to us, which is uh, a weird dynamic. I think that while you are growing up, I am growing up with you. Like it feels like kind of in tandem at the same time. Like when, when, um, when you were little, um, I think that that's probably very true. That I really struggled uh, feeling uh, the confidence that I was going to be enough of an employee. Like, were they really going to think I was? Um, if I said no, I mean that was going to have a, a reflection about um, the kind of employee that I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I and I did fear um, missing out significantly. And now. Um, as you said, and I think part of like so it felt like um, I I traveled less um, as you got older, and I think I I did um, to some degree because I started to learn some healthier boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I think that also you were busy, um, you know, yeah. too, and and so and yeah. like you said, but I but the one thing that I know now is I I took on a new position right when you moved out. And, Uh um, and that new position, um, with the company, I still go out and and get to, um, you know, work with, with schools and families, but, but now I also, um, want, they want me to stay in my office. So for 18 years, they wanted me to go, 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 go out. And now they're like, you know, we want you to stay in and, and write plans for other people. And just what you said, all of a sudden now I find so much joy in helping other people go and, and work in this place and make a difference with this group. And it, it really feels fun for me when they call me back and they say, oh, I went to that group that you've worked with and uh, they were amazing. And it was so much fun. And I, I truly don't feel jealous. I truly don't feel, um, you know, like I missed anything. I really am like, I'm so glad. And I think that um, certainly, confidence is is one thing. Um, what else do you think that um, contributes? If, if you're comparing in your head yourself to another friend who who struggles um, to set boundaries, what what's another thing that you think is um, a struggle for them in addition to confidence? Any other things that pop into your head? Um. I don't know. Um so I think like setting healthy boundaries requires um certainly uh, we've said requires confidence.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: setting healthy boundaries um requires, you know, not to have FOMO. Mm-hmm. You know, not to have um the fear of missing out. And so so maybe it's almost like um maybe we could say confidence slash, um, being of service to others. Like, like yeah. you're able to, to actually, um, uh, enjoy, um, somebody else's excitement and, and not have that feeling of, um, wow, they didn't, want me. And so mm-hmm. so I I guess there is when we talk about confidence um one of the things that uh that always goes back to is um not enoughness. You know, that's right. one of the it's uh, I,
2: I think um it's a lot about um what you say in your inside voice. Um because I mean, I saying no while at the time it feels like the right idea and I mean I would never go back on it but you know when you are sitting when I sit here and do my homework or whatever and see the um you know the stories or the pictures or um all that stuff it is certainly sad um because you aren't there but it's again the inside voice that is instead of you know, tearing you down and saying, Oh, you didn't go, oh you're such a you know, whatever. Um instead to for me to think about um there'll be other times just to keep reiterating like they're having fun, I'm happy that they're having fun, um, they wish I was there. Um, but it was a decision that I made. Um and so I think that is a A big thing that it's still it's not like it's like once you're able to set the boundaries it's not like oh I can do it and it's it's easy peasy it's not it's still um extremely difficult but
1: I think it's all about the inside voice so that takes me back to kind of an aha okay so (laughs) that that helped me figure something out because while nanny you know my mom Um, absolutely loved me and still loves me more than life. Um, When I was little and became anxious and scared, she didn't know how to to set my inside voice. Right. And so her goal was that I never felt sad. Mm -hmm. And that I never felt scared and I never felt upset, that I never felt a feeling. And so she would do anything to just make sure that I would distract myself or that she would kind of dismiss that feeling. And so that probably is the big difference is that when you were little, um, while I did certainly struggle to be able to set healthy boundaries, the time that I was with you, the quality time, and, um, you know, I did some teaching to dad along the way. and and he was more than willing to um model those same kinds of things and so just in a short synopsis tell them um you know a little bit about the funny feeling and how how maybe that was the beginning of setting your internal language that everything didn't have to be great but you could still handle it
2: yeah um so I, I don't know when the funny feeling, I don't, I have a really awful memory. Like I, I tend to block things out. So I'm not really sure when, um, the funny feeling actually started. I just know that in my head, I associate it with, um, big trips and, um, flying and, uh, I guess like plays maybe important things that were going on at school or something like that so um it was just a feeling that I was going to get sick all the time like and so I would just have to spend you know nights on the bathroom floor with the my blanket I never got sick but it just it was a an awful um feeling that I was and so um I think what helped was that um uh, when we would um talk about uh actually like oh it this is like a there's a correlation with each time this is happening it means there's something big that's happening the next day or within this week or um so i think um in my mind it was helpful to correlate those things and then once i did that then i was able to say okay wow i'm actually really you know scared to go on a plane or i'm um anxious to performing this play or perform this dance or, um, and so then, um, naming what we did was naming the feelings, um, that were about, that I was having was able to, um, connect in my brain that it wasn't that I was actually physically ill. It was that I was so overcome with these emotions. Um, and then it, like, calmed myself in a way to where it was, like, it was like, oh, it's just an emotion. It's nothing that's physical. It's nothing that's insane or crazy. It's just an a scared emotion or an exa- anxiety, um, anxious moment. Um, and so I think that goes into the um, inside voice, just keeps just saying this is just an it's just an emotion it's just a feeling that you're having um right now so
1: and so what did you because so, we kind of came up with a um a mantra and like when you went to camp and you know you had a little saying that you said inside your head uh, I'm do you
2: remember- i calm i can handle this <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so I think I'm just curious because um, I don't have that. Um, I have to say that out loud, um, but I'm curious for you if perhaps along the way, because I can remember when it started for you. It started around four, um, three or four years of age, and and we did spend a lot of time on the bathroom floor, and we just laid there together, um, uh-huh. and and so, um, but Becky, Dr. Bailey. Uh, was really coaching me kind of behind the scenes, because the weird part, of course, for me was that I did the exact same thing, right? Uh-huh. Like so, so yeah. I had the exact um, same thing, and Nanny did absolutely the best she could, and and there was just no information in the world then about name it, claim it, and tame it, or you know uh-huh. about grabbing a hold of the feeling and acknowledging that you are having the feeling that you could control or or um, manage the feeling if you acknowledge that you actually had it. But yeah. what, what I learned to do was to never acknowledge it. So I would feel sad, but in my head I would say, you're okay, you're okay, you're mm-hmm. okay, you're okay. Yeah. And I never, and so it was like my heart and my head weren't aligning because I didn't feel okay. Uh-huh. But what my head kept saying to me is, that I was okay. And, and so, you know, it's almost like then that became a voice that anytime I would feel bad when a client would say, can you come? And I would, I would feel bad. Like I can't go, I can't be gone one more day, but then I would take on the client's feeling Mm -hmm. instead of claiming mine. Because I would hear disappointment in their voice or I would hear whatever. And so instead of claiming my own feeling as I really never learned to feel that, I, you know, kind of take on everybody else's. Or for me, I just feel like I'm, I'm supposed to manage everybody else's. Where right. know, one of the part of the story that you said is all your friends are saying, come on, come on, come on. But you don't feel like you have a responsibility to manage
2: well, and instead of,
1: Right. And I, I think um,
2: a huge part of it is I don't feel I need to manage them. I feel I can help them just as the same way you helped me get through the feelings of, I know it's, you're going to be okay. Um, you'll call me if you need anything. If you're dying, you'll call. It'll be okay. Um, I'll still be here. It's not like I'm going anywhere. It's, um, I think that is a, also a key part is being able to feel helpful in ways also helps the process of setting the boundaries and saying, I set my boundaries. I did this for myself, but I also was able to help them get through it and have their fun and then
1: do all that with them yeah and so I, I it makes it certainly would make sense to me that if you are honest with yourself and acknowledge the feeling and and then you kind of manage through it and and then you help somebody else who's feeling disappointed help them manage their, then that releases some healthy chemicals inside you because now you really are being of service right mm-hmm. yes. you know and I think that so it's interesting because I think that well um because i didn't practice this until i was much older than you and you got to have it starting when you were 3 uh and so you have an unconscious like recording in your head that says you got this you got this you got this and i've got an unconscious recording that says you're okay you're okay you're okay you're okay you're okay, you're okay. and and so you know it's kind of like it's not congruent and so it I can do what I watch you do, but I watch you do it effortlessly, and Uh it's a little bit more of a conscious effort on Uh my side. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and I'm curious, like, do your friends ever say to you as you've been growing up, from junior high, high school, you know, to now in college, you're a freshman in college? um, Mm -hmm. Do your friends ever? notice that you can do that um
2: they may they may notice um I it's never been not that I can remember ever been brought to my um attention that they are noticing this and either loving it or hating it and I've never talked with them about it or
1: They've never brought it up to me or anything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And and what's interesting is because you have a brother, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, uh, your brother didn't have the funny feeling, mm-hmm. right? When he was three and four years old, he he never had that, and so I didn't coach him to the same level of intensity, and I didn't train Dad. Um, you know, to coach him to the same level. And so um, he's figuring it out before I did, like he's 21, you're almost 19. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
1: and he's figuring it out and and starting to set healthier limits. But he had to um, bumble a bit (laughs) um, along the way, because I didn't as overtly teach him In the way that I was just relentlessly because, and so what's so funny is in the moment that the anxiety was happening for you at three, four, five, and six, really till like seven or eight, it (laughs) felt so big and I felt like such a failure. But it's so weird now to pull myself out and say, because of that struggle, I mean, Dr. Bailey always says, you know, the struggle is the growth. Like if you never struggle, then you never get better at anything yeah. right and so now that you're almost 19 years old and and you're able to go through your freshman year um your first semester and not ever have get sick right mm-hmm. because you go to bed um, right. you don't sleep until 2 or right. you eat healthy you know choices because instead of just not eating anything at all or um, you know, even like um, one of the things that I would even call a healthy boundary is you're aware enough. And we, you and I, we just talked about this, you know, um, uh, last weekend, but the first semester, you didn't really have any feelings of homesick or, or missing anything. And then it got harder. Um, second semester was different because it wasn't as busy. And again, I would call that a healthy boundary that you reached out to me much more and we chatted a whole lot more in those first couple of weeks that you came back to school. And I didn't talk to you hardly at all in in August and September. I mean, I yeah. did, but we had to kind of like set a, a routine and say, okay, we got to talk once a week where yeah. you set a healthy boundary and said, okay, I'm kind of feeling wonky. So I'm going to reach out to my person and and have those connections. So it's not even just, I think, Uh, or what I notice, um, for you is it's not just concrete things like I need to stay home and do homework. Um, it's also when you feel yourself being vulnerable or, you know, just not, um, feeling good that you know that you need to reach out for some support, which I think is another healthy boundary instead of just suffering. Right. Right. Which I mean, it took me a little bit,
2: um, to, um, actually come to terms with, um, the feeling of, oh, I really kind of just want to go home and, um, I'd like to not, you know, whatever. Um, it took a while. Uh, I talked with my friend about it a lot. Um, we talked about how it was, it, well, at first we couldn't, define it we were just like something just feels off with this this week and this day it's just everyone's just kind of like in a weird mood and like all this stuff so it took a while um to finally come to terms with the fact that well, it's actually because I'd like to go home right now and not be here but
1: you know get through it yeah well but I think that um you know, kind of like you said earlier, that when you set a boundary and you don't go out, it doesn't mean that you don't still experience the, the hurt or the sadness. And so the same I think is true is that sometimes you fumble along the way going, why do I feel different? Uh-huh. And, and so what I think some people could do is blame it on their roommate and say the roommates, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. Or they could, you know, say that it's because their parent didn't call enough or somebody else's fault. Or they could say that because friends aren't reaching out to them or something. But instead, I think that that's another healthy boundary is that you kind of struggle with it and talk to somebody else about it that is, you know, somebody that's a safe person. And then through that, you're willing to look inside and say, Okay, I don't think it's anybody else. Yeah. Um, uh, this is me. I'm mm-hmm. feeling you know, and then and then you still kind of have the confidence and the whatever to to navigate through it, but you know, I'm willing to ask for help because that's another yeah. thing that I don't really do well is yeah. um, ask for help. And so I think that that's um, another gift when you set a healthy boundary that you are able to you know, ask for help along the way. Yeah,
2: I I don't know that I actually ask for help as much as I should. Um, just because I I do find myself a lot of times just I don't know in a funk or something. Um, but I I think that's something that I'm working on getting yeah. better
1: at. Well, and the good news is, I see it as a call for help. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So so um, it works out well that I have that ability to not think, um, see it in a different way, and and so I think that you know um, what's kind of full circle um, for us is while kind of like while you're um, struggling with having the funny feeling. My struggle with you um, uh, not being able to set healthy limits um, in the world of work has has come full circle, and now um, I'm able to um, have more time to be with you and and so uh, we both kind of have struggled through our thing mm-hmm. and are able to kind of pull ourselves back from it and and look at it with uh, a different set of eyes instead of me thinking oh my gosh, I was a terrible mom because I traveled when you were young. Um, yeah. You know, if I wouldn't have traveled and done that work, I'm not sure if I could have helped you with the funny feeling. And so right. it's like, you know, like there's, mm-hmm. there's gifts in all of it that we yeah. kind of navigate through. So if we kind of are closing this up, because um, we've got, you know, people who have tuned in and um, they got lots of stuff to do too. So we want them to start he- setting healthy boundaries. So if we wanted to start he- setting healthy boundaries – One of the things that you, just to recap, and you tell me if I forget something, one of the things that you talked a lot about is their inside voice. Mm -hmm. So they have to start listening to um, the guilt or the, you know, not enough feelings that they're having. And, and another thing that you talked about is that they've got to notice the feeling. So notice the stomach ache or the, and that maybe that's not just a stomach ache you need to take Tums, but Uh maybe that um a feeling that you're having that you need to label that feeling mm-hmm. and then once you label that feeling it doesn't mean it's going to feel good right but once you label that feeling you're able to um manage it a little bit more and when you manage the feeling change the inside voice it increases your confidence yeah definitely With that- Would those three things be true to say that once you do those three things and when you have confidence, then you can set that healthy boundary and Mm -hmm. take care of yourself? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because Uh, I think confidence, um, just real quick, um, to me, um, the confidence is being um, almost secure in who you are um, as a person and noting that. You feel things and you have emotions, and but you're able to also be okay with them and and get through them. And um, I don't know. I think that's a big part of um, the confidence is identifying who you are and be and coming to terms with it. And I mean, every, it's never going to be perfect, but I think that's a
0: thanks, Meg. Thank you so much. And I know you're talking to us from your dorm room, so thank you for that. And thank you, Jill. Jill, you're talking from your home, so I'm glad that y'all got to converse. And I know you did this uh, just off the cuff, so there wasn't any pre-planning or, or pre-discussion. And to uh, thank you so much for allowing us to kind of view into your lives and to see how you were so able to help Meg with her inner boundaries that she now uses them in her external boundaries in such a phenomenal way for a young woman at the age of 19. So really appreciate it. Hope to have you both back. All right. So what's Becky up to? Well, coming up to a series of trauma workshops. Uh, The first one starts in Chicago. I think it's March 1 and 2. So I'll be in Chicago. That one sold out, and I'll do it twice more this year, hopefully learning from each one, tweaking it, and making it a little bit better as I grow with my own issues and I resolve my own traumas. Then what am I celebrating? Okay, well, we have done something that's very important to celebrate, but you don't see it. It's behind-the-scenes stuff. We have updated our website. Now, I'm not sure what that means, but something behind the scenes happened so that we could handle more traffic and I know that we have almost doubled in the traffic coming to our website so all the little web people in the background have worked miracles and I'm celebrating them who we don't see, all the IT people doing wonderful things Um, so a celebration to our, our employees a celebration for our website and a celebration for all the traffic that's coming to check us out so until next time I wish you well For more episodes of
2: Real Talk with Real Teachers by Dr. Becky Bailey, visit ConsciousDiscipline.com forward slash podcasts. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app.